We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. Talking everything week nine, cruising right along here with the season. Joined, as always, by my fellow OGs, head chopper, notorious. Noto, let's go over to you, buddy. How was week eight? How was Halloween? And how are we doing in general? Yeah, Halloween was good. Uh, ended up doing a little trick-or-treating. Uh, it was kind of cool seeing all the different ways that people were handing out candy, you know, seeing some shoots built where they just sit on the porch and have a little slide for the candy and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, week eight, one of the stranger slates I can remember with all of the weather news. I think I rebuilt my main lineup on Sunday morning at least 30, 40 times. Didn't get a lot right, but I did have Dalvin Cook. So uh, that's really all I needed in order to cash. So ended up being a good week for me, but um, I did get a lot wrong as well. Yeah, I mean, Monster Day by Cook, and he's back here on this slate and another good spot, so we will definitely be talking some Dalvin Cook. Uh, Chop, let's get over to you, buddy. A, how was week eight? And B, I'd be remiss, and I wouldn't be doing the listeners uh, any favors here. I know how much you love Halloween. We've talked about it uh, over the years, one of your favorite holidays. Of course, I'm kidding. So how the hell was Halloween? How was week eight, and how are we doing? Week eight was pretty pretty terrible. It was probably the worst week I've had so far. I don't I just couldn't get anything right in the morning time on Sunday morning. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't have a good week at all. But, uh, you know, Halloween is what it is, man. <laughs> it's good for the kiddos. But, uh, again, if you're an adult walking around dressed up, you're just – it's too much, man. But uh, we just threw some candy downstairs, put a little, put a little police tape up the, by the stairs so that nobody would walk up the stairs keep them all downstairs and just grab and get you one and please don't take more than one and be on your way man but you know please don't ring my doorbell tonight right the, the old take one how'd that go because normally it's first kid gets there they're, they're doing the whole arm drag and they're taking everything so did the take one last throughout the day of the night the take one lasted because my kids were up on the porch eyeballing everything so you couldn't it, the people down there couldn't be greedy and grab a bunch. He, we had, they had eyeballs on them, so they, they, it, kept, it kept everybody in line pretty good. So here we had a little bit of an issue, not at my house personally, but my wife is on all these uh, neighborhood app things, and somebody had the, had the gall, and I'm going to call her Karen, to, to post a video of a kid on her, on her doorbell who did the old take one and he took all the candy. She, she called him out publicly on this next door neighbor app, his picture right there. Whose kid is this that took all the candy? Like, and wow. I, back in our day that if you were the first kid there that you just, you scored all the candy. That, that's the way it was nowadays. Uh, you can't get away with anything. So uh, a shame for that kid, but uh, we move on. Let's, let's talk some football here. Uh, talking some week nine, as always, we focus on the main slate. 11 games here on the main slate. Plenty of injuries. 
news that we'll walk through, our favorite betting picks on each game as well. Uh, Noto, you are no longer allowed to abstain from the bets, according to uh, to Mike Lynn, who does the tracking of the bets. So it, it, forcing the picks, and we're going to try to force that record. But uh, we'll take a look at our records here uh, in a little bit. We'll get an update on CHOP's season-long team. I know you guys are always waiting on that uh, each and every week. But, th- guys, let's dive into the games here. Uh, looks like a pretty fun slate of games. Uh, COVID news, we'll see. Green Bay is on Thursday night. Uh, that game looks like it could be a mess. Uh, other than that, uh, we did get news on a quarterback we'll talk about uh, going on the COVID list here later on in the games. But eight early games, three late games. Let's start with Carolina and Kansas City. Kansas City, big home favorites here, uh, as we'd expect. So the big news on Carolina's side, Christian McCaffrey expected back. Uh, so how much interest do you guys have there? Only 8,500 on DraftKings. Uh, Kansas City side of things, Sammy Watkins remains questionable. So, Chop, we'll start with you here. Uh, KC continued to roll at home against the Jets. Uh, obviously, was hoping for that Le'Veon Bell narrative. We didn't get any of that. And I guess that leads me to running backs in general here for the Chiefs. How are you, how are you feeling about these guys? Because we really haven't seen either of them do a whole lot since Le'Veon Bell uh, showed up to, in town here. So, a home matchup, big favorite, uh, interest level there in the running backs, and then the McCaffrey question, yes or no at 8,500. Well, I would say, uh, man, if it was just about any, there's about three or four teams in this league that the Chiefs could be playing that would make me keep Edward Tolaire in the player pool this week. And the Panthers just happen to be one of them. Anybody else? And I'm probably dumping all the running backs and not even worrying about them. But this is just enough of a matchup at home to uh, to pique my interest a little bit in Clyde Edwards Tolaire. But there's not going to be very many times going forward that I'm going to play him. But, uh, yeah, I can go with that guy. I could go with, uh, I think, Mahomes, Tyreek, and Kelsey are in play. Again, I'm not chasing the Hardman or Robinson. Uh, I know that Hardman had a good game last time out. The week before that was Robinson. But I wouldn't be playing Sammy Watkins here, so I'm not going to play any of those, any of his backups there either. Yeah, pardon me. I'm choking a little here because my house is a little smoky right now. I wasn't doing the Empire Maker, uh, you know, steak of fish. I wasn't doing his his thing. But my boy, he thinks he's some kind of chef now. So all he does is try to cook these cook these foods. And his idiot put his tortilla on the stove and then went upstairs to play a game real fast and forgot about the tortilla. And now everything's smoky. And I'm about choking in here, man. The air quality is terrible. But Panthers, I, I don't mind going back to Christian. But you know what? At this price tag, we're also going to have to see how much Mike Davis has carved out a role for himself. So I'm a little worried about that. And then uh, you could always play DJ Moore, especially and Robbie Anderson, especially Anderson. I think Anderson's fine. So it is what it is. I expect points. I think a lot of people are in play here. All right, Chop, you need to go uh, attend to the fire there. We, we don't want any burnt quesadillas. That's for damn sure. We don't want to no, burn down the uh, – I've already the got on his ass. <laughs> I already got on his ass before the show. You know, he knows, but like – you can't do nothing about it now, but air the plays out and just we're stuck now in this big smoky house. So my daughter does the same. My, do- my oldest daughter's 12 and she, she yep. enjoys cooking and that's fine. But what the hell's with kids and putting shit on the stove or in the oven and, and leaving, like they just leave the kitchen completely and rely on timers and Alexas. And, and when you're in the kitchen, you gotta, you gotta stay there and, and, and keep things moving. So you're not burning down the house. So uh, same boat. I, I've had some smoky, smoky houses here, Chop. None today, but uh, I know the feeling. Derek, your your kid's not quite of age yet. Let's hope he's not cooking just yet. But uh, back to the football here. What do you got, Panthers and Chiefs? Yeah, my little one's still working on that little toy kitchen of his. But uh, I'm not going to lie. I've burned quite a few frozen pizzas while watching some football uh, over the last <laughs> few years. So <laughs> I, I get it. Um, as far as this game, yeah, I mean – I don't think I'll be playing Christian McCaffrey, even if they say he's not going to be limited. Uh, head coach Matt Rule said Mike Davis has earned himself some snaps. So whether that's, you know, lined up as a receiver or whether they're going to spell McCaffrey a little bit, uh, we don't know. Just have to wait and see. Uh, the best way to beat KC is definitely on the ground. But if you're down two scores in the first quarter, it's kind of hard to uh, rely on that run game. So kind of with Chop, I like DJ Moore a little bit. He is only 5,600. Uh, he's been seeing shorter routes over the last three weeks. You know, the first uh, four or five, it was Robbie Anderson seeing the shorter routes with DJ Moore being more of the deep threat. But that's kind of flipped back to Moore being the underneath guy. So uh, he's my preferred option. 
fourth Carolina, and then on Kansas City. Uh, yeah, just kind of tough. I mean, Le'Veon Bell and CEH both had nine touches last week, but CEH did have twice as many snaps. So he's probably my preferred option in the backfield. But running back's always so deep that don't really want to target a guy that I don't feel great about. Uh, you can always play Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey uh, every single week, uh, and that's not going to change here. And even though, yeah, DeMarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, like Chop mentioned, we wouldn't play Sammy Watkins in this spot, but uh, Robinson's only 3,200, so he can at least be added to your MME player pool. I'm pretty much with you guys here. I think it's Mahomes, uh, Hill, Kelsey, obviously. I think that's in play every week. I don't mind going back to, to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire here. I could see uh, them using the ground game a little bit more here. He's only 6,100. Uh, maybe you pair him up with the Chiefs defense. Uh, and then Carolina, I agree. DJ Moore, even though we saw Curtis Samuel get a little bit more involved, uh, did play some running back. Uh, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big believer in Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. I just don't see why they would bring him back and give him 30 touches here. I mean, they're, they're three and five. It's not like they're in the playoff chase. I guess they're, if they expand the playoffs like they're talking, uh, maybe they are. But I just don't see it making any sense uh, for them to give him a full workload. And I could see people, you know, seeing that $8,500 price point, I'm being super excited about it. So I think I'll stay away from that one as well. All right, Noto, Kansas City, minus 10 and a half, total sitting at 53. I'll take KC here at home. I will also take the Chiefs here. Carolina have been competitive in a lot of these games, but this is a different animal going into Kansas City uh, facing this offense. So a lot of points, but I'll take the Chiefs. Chop, what do you got? I'll take the over here. Taking the over. All right, week eight. Uh, no, not great. No, Noto, you. Oh, come on, man. Noto, you were you were five hundred, five and five. Okay. So you 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 are the best of the group. That's the that's the bad news. <laughs> uh, Fifty three, thirty seven, and one on the season. So still pretty good record there. A uh, chop four and seven, buddy. So you 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 put up a, a beer week there. Uh, takes you to forty six and forty four. And I was five and six last week. Forty. 49 and one. So uh, we had two that we agreed on last week. We went one and one on those uh, and one took an overtime to beat us the under uh, in that Saints Chiefs game or Saints Chicago game. So uh, not a great week. So hopefully we turn the page here uh, and get back on track as far as the bets go. So uh, next game, Seattle goes to Buffalo, Seattle, small favorites here, big total uh, at 54. And this one, you know, it's going to be tough to break down the Seattle side. As far as the running backs go, we just don't know. You know, is Carson coming back? Is Hyde back? You know, is DJ Dallas going to be the guy again? So uh, that's kind of a question we can't answer. But we can look at the receivers here. We got DK Metcalf coming off the big game. Uh, Tyler Lockett. There's now a $1,000 difference between the two uh, on DraftKings. So kind of parse through those guys. And on the Buffalo side of things, I think the big question, the running backs. You know, we saw Moss and Singletary kind of split the work pretty evenly as far as carries go we did see moss score a couple touchdowns here so uh no no uh, josh allen not been great here over over the past couple weeks is this the kind of matchup where he gets back on track maybe at lower ownership the buffalo running backs the seattle receivers lots of questions here for you what do you got seattle and buffalo yeah one of the more stackable games of the week you can play russell wilson uh, pretty much in any matchup at this point, and the Bills defense hasn't been as good as they're given credit for. Uh, I mean, Russell wasn't averaging 32 fantasy points per game. The question is who to pair him up with. Uh, it seems like Lockett and Metcalf just go back and forth each week on who is going to have the bigger game. And, you know, just given the matchup and given the $1,000 discount, it's hard not to like Lockett. Uh, kind of expecting Tredavious White to shadow DK Metcalf. Doesn't mean that Metcalf can't beat him in one-on-one -on -one coverage, but, at, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, they may not choose to attack Tredavious White and just take the easier matchup that Lockett's going to have. So he's going to be the guy that I would look to. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, the backfield, just take the wait-and-see approach there. If it's just one guy that's going to be active and everyone else is out, then he's going to be in a smash spot once again. Uh, DJ Dallas had that big game, and he was only like 3% owned in the main slate last week just because we didn't know uh, who was going to be back there. For Buffalo, uh, it's a really good spot playing at home. Seattle, dead last in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, dead last in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So give me all the Josh Allen here. I know he's struggled over the last four games, but it's a really good bounce back spot. You pair him up with Stefan Diggs, and if you're looking for a lower owned stack, you can include Beasley or John Brown. And then, yeah, see uh, the backfield. Singletary was outsnapped by Zach Moss for the first time this season. Moss did get those two touchdowns. So he's a guy I would prefer, but for now, I will continue to avoid uh, that timeshare. 
you think we get any low ownership on Josh Allen? We know the DFS audience has gotten smarter a few years ago. They would have looked at the game logs and said, hey, he's been terrible. I don't want to play him. We know it's, it's just not that way these days. So uh, that this being a 54 total with everyone uh, constantly wanting to attack Seattle games, do we potentially get a low ownership here on Josh Allen or are those days behind us, Noto? I mean, in order for him to be really low owned, he'd have to project poorly, and I just don't see that happening. Uh, you know, projection systems take into account more than just the last four weeks. So I don't think so, but the good news is quarterbacks never really get that chalky to begin with. So uh, even if he's, you know, 15%, I'm still liking Josh Allen. All right, Chop, same questions for you. Josh Allen, Moss Singletary debate, the Lockett Metcalf cap debate, a lot to break down here. What do you got, Seattle and Buffalo? Yeah, no, we won't get, we won't get any uh... – low ownership on on Josh Allen just just because of the past couple of games it's that's just yeah, like you said it's just not the way that DFS is these days there's too many outlets out there that people follow and and uh, keeps them too up to date with this stuff so now we're not going to get any discounted ownership on him unfortunately but as far as the rest of that thing I'm with I'm with Notorious I can avoid you know these guys split that backfield 50-50 right down the middle last last week. I don't want him, any part of that. Uh, Allen to Diggs is fine. You can sprinkle in a, a John Brown or a Cole Beasley if you want to. It's, it should be a good matchup for him. Uh, and by the way, the matchup with Seattle, as good as it is, was absolutely 100% my downfall last week with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why, that's why I, had, I had a terrible week, man. DFS. Four and seven on the picks. I lost my season long. <laughs> oh, no. Lost my season long, man. Just terrible. Everything was very terrible last week. And so. your house almost burnt out. Uh, yeah, house almost burnt out today, man. And but like, whew, Jimmy G, man. Whatever. Let's just move on from that one. It's a good matchup though for for Allen. And I think you'll get there. Uh, weather dependent. And so on the Seattle side, yeah, man. It's pretty obvious to me right now just how much of the alpha DK Metcalf is not just because he's coming off of a great game, but he's only had one game this year where he didn't get at least 90 yards receiving. And Tyler Lockett's had two big games this year, This that one against Arizona on, I think it was Monday night. And he had that big one against Dallas where he caught three touchdowns in the first half. Even in that game, DK Metcalf put up 110 yards. So Metcalf is there almost every week, all except for one week. So DK's the guy, man. That's the guy I'm going with, I'm rolling with for the most part moving forward. And I think he's in for another good week this week uh, because he's a, he's indefensible, basically. And if they're going to try to put one guy, as, as good as that one guy might be this week, if you try to put one guy on him, he's just too physical. He's just too good. So don't mind DK. Uh, Russell, I guess the backfield is probably a stay away from me unless we hear Carson's 100%. I don't even want to hear that Carson's going to play. I need Carson to be 100% healthy before I want to run him out there because he's too fragile otherwise. All right, let's pretend Carson and Hyde are out. Interest level in DJ Dallas, who, who looked good at the majority of the work uh, last week. Uh, we'll see if Homer factors in more, but uh, where would your interest level lie there if we don't have Carson or Hyde, Chop? Uh, pretty high. Pretty high for the fact that it's a fair price tag. It's not super discounted this week. Is in the 5K range on both sides. Really good on FanDuel fair on DraftKings, but the guy got targeted five times and caught five passes. And against Buffalo, that seems like something that Russell would have to do quite a bit of is check down a little bit to his, his running back. So I'd have a lot of interest in DJ Dallas. No, no, same question to you. Yeah, if those guys are out, uh, definitely interest in DJ Dallas. They were using them a lot in the passing game too, even around the goal line. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm with you guys as well. The price went up a little bit, but if you're getting a guy that's going to handle the majority of the work at 5K, uh, tough to say no to that. All right, Chop, we have Seattle. Road favorites here, minus three, big 54-point total. Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. Derek. Man, I don't know, man. Buffalo needs a big win. Uh, their six wins have all come against pretty bad teams. They lost to the Titans and the Chiefs, only two good teams that they faced. So give me Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle here as well. I, I just debate at the end of the game, who, what quarterback do I want the, the ball in their hands? And, and to me, it's easy. It's Russell Wilson. So uh, I, I don't usually like to take uh, road, road favorites. I like them, them home dogs chop, but I'm going to go with Seattle here uh, with Derek minus the three. All right, next game, Denver travels to Atlanta uh, to take on the Falcons here. Denver side of things uh, coming off that crazy win against the Chargers. I mean, they were dead and buried. Uh, you got to give him credit. Uh, Drew Locke put up most of his numbers 
uh, in that second half, but they end up taking that game by one. Tim Patrick, uh, the only name of note, uh, questionable here. Atlanta side of things, a big win at Carolina. Uh, Calvin Ridley, questionable. We saw him uh, leave that game last week, which led to Julio Jones uh, going over 135 yards uh, in that game. So, Shop, this one goes to you, buddy. Uh, both teams coming off wins. Uh, Denver it was ugly, but they got it done. Uh, this Atlanta offense, who we favor in there. Your thoughts, Broncos, Falcons. Ooh, it's on. It sounds like it's a good game. It sounds like it's a good game on paper. But uh, for Denver, I mean, Drew Lock feels like he might be okay in this game, but uh, I don't particularly see a wide receiver. I really want to pair him with. I don't. I don't believe Jerry Judy is is there yet. So I'm not stoked about him. Noah Fant, uh, you know, I don't think he's fully recovered from his injury and he's losing a little bit. It's just a little bit of work. He's losing a little bit of work to Albert O and enough to cost him a touchdown last week when Albert O got the tight end touchdown. So, you know, tough to figure out a, a Drew Locke who you really feel comfortable pairing him with in even in tournaments or cash or whatever. But it feels like he should get something. I don't. I don't like the backfield. Don't want Gordon or Lindsey as long as they're both healthy. I'm out on that. Atlanta eh, won't. Will not go to Todd Gurley this week. <clears throat> not the matchup for it. Matt Ryan is okay. So then it becomes Julio or Ridley or both. Uh, tough one, man. I guess I lean towards Julio, but I don't know. It's just. It feels like the game should should have a lot more people that pop off when you see the names Denver against Atlanta in a 50 point spread, but. People just aren't popping off the page to me. Yeah, I'm in the same boat here. And, and this could very well turn out to be there's always a game or two every week that, that kind of goes overlooked. And I mean, we have, you know, a higher total game in that Seattle game we talked about. Uh, we got a few more that are over 50. So maybe this one, uh, this one kind of falls down the list a little bit. Derek, any, any more enthusiasm here? I mean, Julio to me, uh, always a guy you can play. We'll see what the status of Ridley is, but I'm kind of with Chop. I don't really want to play any of the running backs here. Uh, Denver been pretty good against the run. Atlanta, surprisingly, uh, top 10 against the run here. So I'm in the same boat. What are your thoughts here, Broncos, Falcons? I have a little more optimism than you guys, at least on the Broncos side. Um, they faced two bad defenses this season. They put up 37 against the Jets, and then they put up 31 against the Chargers last week. They've had a lot of tough matchups. They had a snow game against KC. And uh, you mentioned it, Atlanta, they've been a pass funnel defense, 29th in DVOA against the pass, 8th in DVOA against the run. I think it's a great spot for Drew Locke. He's only 5,200. The question is who to pair him up with. Uh, I do agree with you guys on that. You know, Jerry Judy hasn't been great. Tim Patrick has been their wide receiver one. So if he's back in the mix, he's under 5K, at least interesting. And Noah Fant, uh, I like him as well. Nine targets last week. And uh, Falcons just can't cover anyone uh, when it comes to the pass. So I have a little bit more interest in Denver side of things. But uh, for Atlanta, yeah, it's kind of tough. I, I know they're playing at home. Denver's got a pretty good defense. Uh, maybe Hayden Hurst at 4,100 or, you know, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. They're kind of similar to Lockett and Metcalf. And one of them's probably going to go off. Another one's probably going to struggle a little bit. So I'll have more than you guys, but maybe not as much as uh, I was expecting heading into the week. All right, Derek, Atlanta minus four here at home. The total sitting at 50. Oh, this one's tough. Uh, I'll take... Denver coming off that big win uh, maybe they get some momentum going I'm gonna go over here you, you mentioned the numbers with Denver I, I do think Atlanta will put some points on the board so it, as as much as I didn't love this game for DFS I do think there will be points I'm gonna go over that 50 chop what do you got I am also taking the over I can't pinpoint the DFS guys I want but I for sure feel feels like a good offensive matchup so I'll take the over all right, so going from an offensive matchup to a defensive matchup, we got Baltimore and Indy here, our next game up. Uh, Baltimore, tough loss against Pittsburgh, just a back-and-forth game. Uh, Indy goes into Detroit uh, and handles the Lions pretty easily. So uh, running back's really the story here, guys. Ingram, we know, is questionable once again. Uh, we saw J.K. Dobbins go over 100 yards. We saw Gus Edwards find the end zone, uh, 15 carries for Dobbins, 16 uh, for Edwards. And then the indie side of things, you know, Jonathan Taylor didn't look great. Here comes Jordan Wilkins and looks like we thought Taylor should have looked in this matchup. So uh, Taylor is questionable here. T.Y. is questionable. Uh, Wilkins down to 4.2K interest level there. And then what do we do with Lamar Jackson, guys? I mean, it's week in, week out, same story. We know the level of upside. 
Uh, his price down to 6,900 here. Can you play him in this matchup? Noto, we'll go to you here. Running back questions, uh, Lamar questions, your thoughts, Ravens, Colts. Start with the indie side. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's getting the Trent Richardson comp already. Um, oh, I don't know man. if that's too fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, he was apparently dealing with uh, an ankle injury, but I mean, there are two other backs that are going to, you know, get a lot of work in this offense. So I don't know if you can go there. Uh, but one thing to keep in mind, um, we just noted that Marlon Humphrey's on the, the COVID-19 list, and it sounds like they're going to add seven more players to the list uh, on Tuesday afternoon. So if those are starters on the defensive end, that would certainly be a boost for the Colts offense as a whole. Uh, I'm not sure who I would still look to because I don't really like to trust anyone in this offense, but just a situation to uh, monitor. And then on Baltimore side, yeah, I'm fine going back to Lamar Jackson. I know Indy's got a really good defense, but uh, he's always capable of rushing for 100 yards. He used to play indoors. Uh, so I don't mind going to Lamar. You have the squeaky wheel with Marquise Brown. Just kind of calling out his coaching staff after the game last week. Mark Andrews only 4,800, so that's at least interesting. Um, I think you just buy low on the Ravens and, uh, you know, kind of expect them to get things worked out a little bit. All right, Chop, let's get over to you here. Uh, same questions, the running backs on both sides, and uh, more importantly, where are you at with Lamar Jackson under 7K here against Indy? Uh, yeah, I don't mind Lamar Jackson because quarterbacks who can run, you know, there's really not much of a defensive game plan you can install in one week to shut him down. So if the defense is tough, then he'll run. I like that aspect of it. Now it's the running backs that are getting me because when I saw Dobbins last week against Pittsburgh, I was like, yo, you know, if Mark Ingram was going to be out, this is the guy we got to play. And then you come to this matchup, which is really isn't particularly good at all. I mean, the Colts have been really good against running backs. Uh, I don't think a uh, running backs topped like 65, 70 yards on them all year. I think Kareem Hunt got to 70 yards or something on like 20 carries. Uh, my numbers may be off, but I'm seeing like eight yards rushing between Swift, Carryon Johnson, and Adrian Peterson last week against his defense. So his defense is pretty good against running backs. And Baltimore lost Ronnie Stanley for sure. We don't know if one of those other COVID, COVID guys is going to be on the offensive line. So who knows, man? I don't know about the running backs, but I'm with I'm with I'm with Derek on the squeaky wheel, Marquise Brown. I think he can he can be a guy that beats this defense. They've given up some pretty good games here. Marvin Hall busted hundred yards on him last week on some deep passes. T. Higgins with hundred yards the week before that. So I think maybe Marquise, Marquise Brown is is the place I want to go there. And for the Colts, yeah, I don't know, man. It would take like seven or eight defensive starters to be out for me to want to play anybody on this team right now. I just don't think they're particularly good on offense. I know, uh, you know, the running backs got there last week, luckily, but I don't want to trust that week in, week out. So I'm, I'm out on the Colts offense. And we've kind of seen this from Wilkins before. You know, he kind of surfaces. He'll, he'll have a good game. I mean, definitely look good, no doubt. But uh, with three of those guys, I mean, if Taylor is out, I think it becomes a lot easier. And then maybe Hines – becomes a lot more interesting as well if everyone's going to be on Wilkins but if all three are healthy you just never know how they're going to how they're going to play this out you know maybe it was a game plan thing uh, against Detroit maybe Taylor's ankle uh, was bothering that week and maybe it's not this week I mean there's just so many questions uh, and ways this could go and you're playing Baltimore you know if, if it was a better matchup I'd be more apt to take some shots here but as of now I'm going to stay away uh, from both sides of the running game I, I think you guys nailed it and uh, Lamar, certainly intriguing. I agree in Hollywood. Uh, and then Andrew's call as well. He's too cheap, and uh, we know the level of upside uh, he brings to the table. So, Chop, we have Ravens minus three here on the road. The total, a uh, very small total, 44 and a half. It's a small total, but I'm still taking the under here. I'm with you. Under for me as well. Two very good defensive teams. Uh, I, I think it'll be a struggle to score points here. So it's a low total. We want to shoot for, for overs generally here, but I'm going under as well. Uh, Derek, what do you got? I'm taking the over. I think, uh, you know, Humphrey's probably hanging out with the guys uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So if seven of the his close contacts are going to be added to the list uh, and they're not going to be able to practice all week. Probably going to be missing the game as well. Um, I think that will help the Colts offense. And I think the Ravens uh, offense is just going to get going here. All right, next game, we get back to the 50-point totals here. Houston and Jacksonville, both teams coming off a bye. Houston, no major injuries, obviously. Jacksonville side, Gardner Minshew, 
out and Jake Luton in. So, Chop, we're going to go to you on this one. We'll get to Derek. I know these are our two teams you guys know very well. Uh, Chop, you're our resident college football expert, so give us the breakdown on Jake Luton, who was a six-round pick out of Oregon State, I believe. Uh, he's only 4.9K here in this matchup. So thoughts there and the rest of the game, Texans and Jags. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't anything special or particularly good in college, in my opinion. So I don't know how much I'm expecting this week. It's a good price tag. So some of the things that are benefiting him, it's a good price tag. He's got good receivers. He's had, you know, I would assume plenty of time now with the bye week to to kind of incorporate himself into the offense and, and to have something scripted out for him a little bit. So he's got some things working for him, but yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just not, and it's a good matchup too, but uh, I'm not going to pin my hopes on Jake Luton though, but James Robinson uh, looked really good last time we saw him. And I, I think he's going to get a bell cow, the bell cow work this week. So I'll go there. Maybe the quarterback change helps DJ Shark. He's the guy who's – he's been one of the bigger disappointments this year for me. So maybe this quarterback change kind of reinvigorates him. So I'll, I'll take some shots on DJ Shark. And then on the Houston side, a bye week to rest up, heal up. Got a good matchup. So fire up Deshaun, fire up Will Fuller. I'm on those two guys hard and heavy. Yeah, as we're recording, it is the trade deadline today. So a lot of rumors floating around actually about Will Fuller uh, maybe ended up in Green Bay. Uh, some skip, we'll, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that one. You know, maybe there's you're, some, where you're waiting on that one, ain't you? Uh, you know, a little <laughs> excitement under the desk here. Uh, Will Fuller were to arrive in town. Uh, so, yeah. What if I told you Will Fuller for your next two second-round picks? Oh, that's a, that's a big price to pay. Of course, the way Green Bay drafts. I mean, if we're going to draft uh, backup running backs and uh, quarterbacks of the future, I don't mind shipping those picks off. So, that that seems a bit high. I, I think I'd pass on Maybe we go get A.J. Green for like a six-rounder. That's another name I, I hear floating off. But uh, I, I kind of agree with you here, Chop. I, I, I don't know how much Luton I want here. I mean, I love the price tag. Uh, clearly a matchup that, that you can expose with Houston. Uh, Robinson at 7K. I mean, the guy's handling a bigger workload than, than what Christian McCaffrey handled last year. So uh, in a good matchup, he's in play as well. Maybe they lean on him. Uh, even more here, uh, which I didn't know was possible, but uh, maybe they want to take the ball out of Luton's hands. And in Houston, uh, we'll see if they make any trades. If not, I, I agree with you. I think it's a great spot uh, against Jacksonville to load up on Watson, Fuller. Uh, all these guys, perfectly healthy. Cooks uh, has looked better over the last few weeks. So a very stackable game. Derek, this is your squad here. So what do you got, Texans and Jags? You know, it's funny, like the more I play DFS and bet on football, the less I really care about my team. And with them being so bad, I, I don't know the Jaguars nearly as well as I do 20 other teams in the NFL because I'm never playing anyone from them. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to be on Luton. I know he's cheap. I know it's a good matchup playing at home. But uh, rookie quarterbacks making their first start, um, certainly not a sure thing. Uh, DJ Shark is cheap, like Todd mentioned. He might get the Bradley Roby treatment. Uh, he did struggle in this matchup in week four or five when they squared off. So maybe it opens up something for one of the other receivers. But I think you guys hit the nail on the head. Uh, James Robinson's a play here. And the fact that he's 7K, it just keeps his ownership low every single week. He's getting a bunch of work. Uh, he has the best run potential when you look at the offensive adjusted line yards compared to the defensive adjusted line yards for the Texans. So love the spot for James Robinson. And then uh, in the three games since they fired Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson has 30, 35, and 27 fantasy points. You know he can beat Jacksonville through the air or on the ground. So love Watson. Pair him up with Cooks or Fuller if he doesn't get traded. And uh, nobody's going to play David Johnson, but he, he does get the workload. So maybe he can finally you know get a couple touchdowns to pay off that price point. David Johnson, man, we, we just got to quit that guy. But, th I mean, if you can't get it done against Jacksonville, I, I think that's the point where we can write him off. But the point is valid. He does get a lot of work. I uh, wish they'd get him more involved in the passing game. So uh, maybe this is the week. Maybe coming off the bye week, they have more time uh, to get things put in place. So uh, could be a, a lower-owned guy that, that pays off here. All right, Derek, we have Houston minus 6.5, 51.5 on the total. I like this game from a DFS perspective, but I'm going to take the under just because the Jags have a rookie quarterback. I'm going over. These defenses both suck. I mean, Houston might score in the 30s on their own, so I only need a few touchdowns uh, out of that Jags offense. I'm going over 51 and a half. Chop. Oh, man. 
Yeah, give me the overall so here. All right, moving on. Detroit and Minnesota, an NFC North battle. Uh, we mentioned the Lions, a tough loss to Indy at home. Minnesota uh, goes to Lambeau Field and gets it done on the back of Dalvin Cook. Massive day there for the Vikings, four touchdowns. Now a, a great spot here at home against the Lions. So uh, how high is Dalvin Cook uh, in your ranks? Uh, how high do we expect the ownership to be here? Noto and then the Detroit side of things. Uh, Kenny Galladay looking doubtful, likely going to miss a few weeks. So is it Marvin Jones time? Is it Marvin Hall who we saw a score a long touchdown? Maybe Hawkinson takes on more. Uh, I kind of like DeAndre Swift to bounce back here as well. So uh, Lions, Vikings, Noto, what do you got? Hate going to guys coming off of a huge game, but it's hard not to like Davin Cook here. Playing at home, great matchup. Um, Lions 21st in DVOA against the run. Uh, one of the worst in terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs. Uh, Minnesota's offensive line is like number two, number four in adjusted line yards so far this season. And he played on 88% of the snaps last week. That was a season high. So it's hard not to like Dalvin Cook. Uh, and I just don't know the Vikings are going to need to air it out. You know, <laughs> Kirk Cousins only threw it 14 times last week because uh, they were just having so much success on the ground. And that could easily be the case again this week. Uh, the leverage is probably going to be Thielen and Jefferson uh, if you don't want to play Dalvin Cook. But I think I like Dalvin Cook over those two. The Detroit side, uh, I'll just wait and see what the ownership looks like on these wide receivers. Whoever ends up being the chalk, I'll probably be underweight on and then be overweight on the other two. You know, Marvin Jones, Marvin Hall, Danny Amendola, and then TJ Hawkinson as well. Um, they're all in pretty good spots. So uh, whoever is the chalk is probably going to be the worst of the bunch just because uh, Stafford tends to, uh, you know, spread the ball around quite, quite a bit in this offense. And I like the Swift bounce back call. He did play a season high 62% of the snaps last week. Didn't do much with it, but uh, that was his season high in terms of snap share. Yeah, my guess is you're going to see a lot of ownership on Marvin Jones and then Dalvin Cook on the other side, obviously. I think those are going to be the two chalky players. So I think that makes Jones, uh, I don't want to say an easy avoid. We know he's going to get volume, but uh, we've seen him many a times in these spots. Uh, and he's disappointed in a lot of them. I'm with you, though. Dalvin Cook. I'm having a hard time not playing him. I know there'll be leverage and I'm interested in the, in the passing game, but the dude's got touchdowns in every single game this season. I mean, the lowest fantasy output's been 17 uh, on DraftKings, and that was against Indy. Other than that, you can pretty much book him from 20 to, to 50 fantasy points. So, uh, Chop, your, your outlook here for Dalvin Cook, we know he's in a good spot. Are you worried about the ownership? Uh, and then the Detroit side, you know, what receiver are you interested in? Uh, any interest in DeAndre Swift here as well? Very interested in Dalvin Cook. Not really worried about the ownership right now. We'll see how it, we'll see what it looks like closer to kickoff. But uh, I think uh, Dalvin Cook's in a good spot. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to split hairs in this game. Minnesota's at home, so you can get back on Cousins. He's indoors. So Cousins, Cook, Thielen, Jefferson. I don't know between Thielen and Jefferson which one's going to blast off. But I, I, would, I would assume one of them is going to have a good game. Now, on the flip side, Detroit, now, boy, I know Dre Swift played more snaps last week, but it's still hard to trust a guy who's, you know, single-digit carries every week except for one week where he got 14 carries. I, I, that's a tough one. And then uh, if Marvin Jones looks like he's going to be chalky, I can definitely avoid that thing, man. He's been, he's been pretty much outworked by even Danny Amendola like four or five times this year. So Marvin Jones, maybe it's just maybe he's hit that wall with his athleticism and in his career. Maybe it's just not there anymore. But he just doesn't look good, man. Even even in the spots where Kenny Galladay missed earlier in the year, he wasn't he didn't look good at all. So maybe it's Marvin Hall's time to shine here, man. I don't know. Beer, Let's, you you could be on mute, beer. No mute here. I'm just uh, getting my <laughs> getting my thoughts together here. But uh, let's let's not forget about Hawkinson. I mean, he, I think he could be the one. Who maybe people are going to target these receivers. Just knowing Galladay's out, he did see ten targets. Uh, we really haven't seen a ceiling game out of him, but uh, the floor has certainly been there. Been productive uh, each and every week. So uh, he could be a guy to to take a look at here uh, as a run back option or even a, a tight end. The position's always tough. So fifty one hundred is no gimme price. Uh, maybe that keeps people away, but uh, I have interest there as well. All right, we got Minnesota minus four here, Chop, total at 52 and a half. Oh, yes, a good, that's a good spread. It's a good spread. Can't figure it out, so I'm just going to take the over because uh, I, 
I distrust both these defenses so much. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take Detroit and the points here. I think this could be a close game. So give me the Lions plus the four. Derek, what do you got? And we're all over the map today. I'll take the Vikings at home. All right, moving on to maybe the ugliest game, uh, maybe of the season here, Giants and Washington. I mean, we're talking about a 41-point total uh, in 2020. So in, a, in previous years, this baby's probably uh, in the mid-30s, one of those 36-and-a-half, 37-point totals. But uh, injury-wise, Giants, Devontae Freeman questionable. We'll see if he returns uh, to the lineup. Uh, nothing of, of note on the Washington side coming off the bye. So, uh, Chop, we're going to go to you here. Uh, Giants receivers, uh, we saw them play Tampa Bay Monday night. We saw the targets pretty much go to three guys, Ingram, uh, Slayton, and Shepard, 10, 10, and 9 on those targets. Washington side, how interested are we in Antonio Gibson here? Look great in that game before the bye. They're home favorites. I know it's a low total, but he's only 5,800. McLaurin, they finally jacked the price up to, to close to what it should be uh, at 65. So Gibson, McLaurin, interest level there. And then uh, any interest here in the Giants on the road? Oh, boy. You know, uh, the Giants on the road, that's a tough sell for me right there because they're just not particularly good. And the Washington defense is good. I'll give you a, I'll give you a, you know, what I think is a fair bet right now if you can get some good odds on it, is Washington to, to win this division. Because if the Eagles keep on suffering these offensive line injuries and it's making Carson Wentz look really bad, Washington has a sneaky, such a sneaky good defense that I think they can actually win this division. If they beat Philadelphia, I think they play them one more time. I think they beat them once and they play them one more time. If they beat them again, they're going to win the division, I think. So I like the Washington to win the division. But as far as this game, that defense being so good takes me off of the Giants play. I don't want the Giants guys. Daniel Jones sucks, man. He's just not, he's not good. And we're recording this thing on, on Tuesday. We just watched him on Monday Night Football last week. He hit Golden Tate in the back of the end zone to close out the game to make it 25-23 or something like that. They ended up losing. That, that, that touchdown cost me the Bucks. My bucks and my and my under bet because I had the bucks live at minus two and a half. So Daniel Jones really screwed me on that one, <laughs> and then he still didn't get the two point conversion, so I didn't even get a chance to win it back in overtime. But don't like Daniel Jones. Don't like the New York Giants offense. Washington offense not much better with Kyle Allen, but yes, Gibson, like you said, I think he's gonna be the bell cow moving forward. So I like Gibson and McLaren's a week in and week out wide receiver one. So you play that too, but. Everybody else in this game is a no-go for me, except for the Washington defense. Yeah, I like that, paired with Gibson. Now, you said it last week, Chop, Monday Night Football. I just want to get clarification here. Is it last week? Is it the start of this week? Like, where does this, oh, no. where does this, where does this night, game land, man? Monday Night Football <laughs> ends the previous week, and Tuesday starts afresh the new week. How, how does one argue that? I, I just don't. I don't get that. Like, it's the last game of the week. That's it. We move on. Tuesday, we start looking forward. So, uh, I'm I'm with you here. I like Gibson. I like him paired with the Washington defense. I also like McLaurin uh, here. The Giants 28th DVOA against the pass. The Giants side, I'm out. I, I just don't see anything worth e even playing here. So, Derek, any more optimism for the Giants? Uh, anything else uh, that we didn't mention on, on the Washington side? I like both defenses in this game. Uh, you mentioned Washington. You know, they got a really good front seven. Uh, and they are number two in adjusted sack rate this season. And then you look at the other side, Washington's offensive line is 31st in adjusted sack rate. So I think the Giants can get some pressure on Washington. We know Kyle Allen uh, commits a lot of turnovers, takes a lot of sacks. So I like both defenses. Uh, if I had to choose one guy from each side, Evan Ingram would be the one from the Giants. Uh, Washington has struggled a little bit against tight ends. And then Terry McLaurin uh, on the other side. But overall, pretty ugly game. All right. Spread-wise, we have Washington as a favorite. You don't say that very often. But minus three here at home. And I mentioned that total, just 41. Who we Derek, going to first? Derek. Uh, yeah, I'll take Washington. I kind of like Greer's uh, thoughts of them winning the division. I will take Washington here as well. I mean, this, uh -oh. this, this one's just <laughs> ugly. Oh, this is where we're going to plant our flag on the damn football team? Hey. Top. A, a fresh defensive line 
one of the better defensive lines in the NFL. Give me Washington. Is that our first one here? That yes. Is. All right. Not much of a parlay card yet. We'll see what we can do here. But uh, last game here in the early window, Chicago and Tennessee. Chicago, tough loss at home to the Saints. Tennessee goes to Cincinnati, and I had high hopes for that team. You know, had a lot of Tannehill and A.J. Brown, uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, Henry did all right, but uh, they go to Cincy and take the L there. Really only injury here, Adam Humphreys, we saw kind of get blown up uh, in that game, so he will be questionable here. But, uh, Chop, we're going to go to – no, no, we'll go to you here. Uh, the Bears, it's, it's hard for me to play a Chicago Bear these days, even as much as I like Allen Robinson. It's just not a lot of volume. Uh, the running game is ugly, Montgomery. So mainly for me, it's the Tennessee side. You know, and this, this is not a great matchup here. So what do we do with Henry? Do we get a bounce back from Tannehill and Brown? What do you got here, Bears and Titans? Yeah, for Chicago, it's been ugly. But if you like volume at the running back position, I mean, David Montgomery, 80% of the snaps, at least uh, the last five games. He's had at least five targets in each of the last five games. Double-digit fantasy points each of the last five games. I know it doesn't look pretty. He's averaging like two yards per carry, something ugly like that. But I actually don't hate him here. He is getting the targets, um, and that does certainly help his floor. And he's still under 6K, um, so he's at least interesting. You know, Robinson, like you mentioned, I mean, he's just had a bad quarterback his entire career. Just think how great he could have been uh, if he had a good quarterback throwing him the ball. Uh, he's still fine. He can certainly break 100 yards in any matchup. And then Mooney's been uh, close to having a breakout game. He's still only 3,900. So wouldn't look at any of these guys in single entry or cash games, but maybe in uh, large field tournaments, you can target a few players from the Bears. And Derrick Henry on the other side, strictly an ownership play for me. Uh, he's one of those guys that if he's going to be really highly owned, uh, I don't want to play him. But if he's going to be low owned, given the tough matchup against the Bears run defense, I will gladly take my chances with him. Uh, he can break off, you know, 150 yards and two touchdowns in any matchup. And I also like Johnny Smith a little bit, uh, up to 81% of the snaps last week, only 3,900. I know he's been quiet each of the last like four weeks, but uh, I think the playing time is trending upward and uh, it's a pretty good matchup for him. Uh, Bears much tougher on tight or wide receivers than they are on tight ends. Yeah. Well, if Allen Robinson, you know, he goes to Jacksonville and he goes to Chicago, he, he could have, Green Bay was interested and think about it. Allen Robinson paired with Devontae Adams. As you can see, I'm just pining for another receiver here, <laughs> not named Devontae Adams. But, uh, Chop, let's go to you. Noto loves that volume there with David Montgomery in that camp. I, I'd still say it's tough to even play these guys. And then uh, Titans side, Derrick Henry, yes or no? The passing game, do they bounce back? What do you got here, Chop? My goodness. If Allen Robinson had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, he'd be a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, buddy. He'd be very good. So, like, this game, there's only three guys in this game that I even vaguely have any interest in. Allen Robinson, because I think Tennessee's beatable in the secondary. Uh, A.J. Brown, because he's just so high upside when he does get going. And I know it's a tough matchup, but you just got to keep him in the player pool because, for GPPs at least, just because of that upside he does possess, even in the toughest of matchups. Last but not least, the guy who I'll have a ton of this week, and I think he – I don't think the ownership is anywhere near was even last week when it wasn't even that much. Derrick Henry is uh, – I think I'm planting my flag for Derrick Henry this week, man. I, th I think this is going to be – coming off of losses like this for Tennessee, they're back at home. Uh, I think they were like 5-0, and now they're 5-2 and or something. I, they're going to try to right the ship here. I think it's going to be through Derrick Henry. And I think the Chicago Bears defense on paper looks tougher than what it really is. I think he's going to mow through them. All right. Uh, you guys didn't bring up Corey Davis. So I know this is not a great matchup, but I have to ask. I mean, we've seen 10 targets each of the last two games, double-digit fantasy points in every game he's played this season. Are, are we believing uh, in Corey Davis finally putting it together, Chop? No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, the numbers, I, I think there's probably something – more there that uh, caused caused those numbers to spike for him. I'm not believing that he's he's good all of a sudden. I mean, I know he's good, man, because he was – I know he's been good, but something hadn't clicked in his pro career. I don't think it clicked all of a sudden now. Derek, any thoughts? That's pretty wild. I knew he had a big game last week, but I didn't realize he's uh, been pretty good all year. Um, I'm not going to go there myself at 6K, but 
uh, he's definitely better than uh, I thought he's been playing. So yeah, that that price is creeping up. I mean, he's closing in on AJ Brown, so not this week. Just something to, to store away because he has been pretty consistent. And uh, if he's going to get ten targets a week, uh, it's something you definitely want to look into. All right, five and a half here for the Titans. Chop forty six and a half on the spread. Ooh, man, that's a big number. I didn't expect it to be that big, but I think Tennessee pulls away from them at the end. So I'm going to take Tennessee. I'm going Tennessee here as well. I just, I'm not sold on the bears. I know the record looks good, but uh, it, it's just ugly there. So uh, give me the Titans here at home. Minus the five and a half. Derek, what do you got? Number two on the parlay card. Give me All Tennessee. Right, so what do we got? Washington and Tennessee on the card. We'll, we'll see if we can get a little, uh, get a little three-way here. Going to the afternoon games. You are listening to. The DFS OGs podcast talking week nine. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. All right, three games here in the afternoon. The NFL fails us once again. It's better than two, I guess, but I wish they could get that spread of the games out a little more, but here we are. We got what we got. So Vegas Chargers leads us off here. A small spread, big total, over 50. Uh, Vegas Coming off that game in the win, guys, it's almost hard to take anything away from that game. We saw Josh Jacobs carry the ball about 3,000 times, and you know, not much going on in the passing game as expected. The wins were, were terrible there uh, in Cleveland. The Chargers, we mentioned, tough loss uh, at Denver. But uh, as far as this game, you know, Keelan Allen continues to see a ton of targets. Justin Herbert continues to look good. Very interested uh, in that combo. Justin Jackson has looked good. Uh, and then on the Vegas side, I think it's a nice bounce back spot for Darren Waller. The Chargers have struggled against tight ends. So uh, that's a guy I have a lot of interest in. So uh, Chop, we'll go to you here, buddy. Raiders and Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, Darren Waller is definitely the prime guy I would uh, be looking at for Vegas. I'm just not a big Josh Jacobs guy with his with his offense. So he's okay. He, he kind of always – stays in the player pool because of the volume, but not, not loving him, not, not loving Henry Ruggs as, as much, although the Chargers are trading away defensive backs now, so maybe they're just kind of giving up on, on this whole thing on defense, and maybe they blow some things up. So I guess he's in play, but Darren Waller, yeah, you're right. Darren Waller's that guy over on that side. Loving Justin Herbert. So glad I got him in my season long because he, the kid looks good, and he's young, so they'll play him all year long no matter what. I like that aspect of it. He's got some good targets. Mike Williams looks resurgent. Keenan Allen's getting 10-plus targets a game from him. Love it. Hunter Henry's kind of the odd man out. So until further notice, I'm probably not a huge Hunter Henry guy. But I'll keep pumping Keenan Allen on DraftKings for the PPR and keep pumping Mike Williams on the uh, FanDuel for the big plays. And I'm out on this backfield. But I, I, I think there's some offensive fireworks to be had here for sure. Yeah, agreed. This is a game I'm definitely going to attack, and it's mainly the Herbert Allen connection, mixed in some Williams, and my running back is Waller. I'm with you. I'm not a huge uh, Josh Jacobs guy, so uh, those are the three main targets for me here. Uh, a lot of optimism for this game, Derek, from both of us. Uh, agree, disagree? Uh, what do you got here? Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. Just a couple of uh, stats, Herbert. 27 fantasy points per game. Uh, and, you know, potentially they don't let off the gas uh, if they have a lead this week since, you know, they gave up that big lead last week. So uh, I like that. Keenan Allen in his five games with Herbert. 10 targets, 19 targets, 11, 13, and 11 targets. So he is just getting peppered. Uh, he's getting a lot of, uh, you know, high-quality targets as well that are, you know, short, and he's getting some end zone targets as well. Uh, fine with Mike Williams as well. Hunter Henry, like you mentioned, hasn't shown a ton of upside, but uh, he's cheap, and uh, it's a pretty good matchup. And for the Raiders, it's just hard to trust anyone. Carr's been good, but uh, I don't really like him. Uh, Jacobs has been a good running back, hasn't shown a ton of upside. Uh, the receivers have been inconsistent, so it's been Darren Waller. And I agree with everything you guys said about him. Pretty good matchup against the Chargers, who are 23rd in fantasy points allowed to the position. So I think what could help Herbert here on, on DraftKings, I mean, you, you look above him. You have He's 6,800. You have Lamar Jackson, 6,900. A, a great price there. Josh Allen, who we talked about against Seattle, 7,000. 7,100 on Deshaun Watson. So uh, there's three guys I, I think people are going to want to play. Maybe he falls through the cracks here. I mean, he's been great. Uh, people are, are, are on to him. Uh, but that could be the thing that, that helps out in the ownership department. So uh, very, very high on, on Herbert this week here against Vegas. All right, we have 
Chargers, small favorites here at home, minus one and a half, 51 and a half on that total, Derek. The Raiders are such a weird team. They have some good wins. They have some bad losses. I just, I like the Chargers here. Yeah, these are two teams that uh, shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, I, I think the Chargers right the ship here. I'm going to go Chargers uh, at home as well. Chop. I want the over here. I think the Chargers defense is just about tapped out this year. And uh, so I think there's going to be points in this game. All right, moving on. We got Miami traveling to Arizona, take on the Cardinals. Uh, Miami, the, the Tua era begins with a win. Uh, not much uh, to do with Tua, only six DraftKings points there to defense. Uh, did the majority of the heavy lifting there uh, in that win against the Rams, Arizona. Coming off a bye, uh, Kenyon Drake will remain out this week, which means we get Chase Edmonds. Now he's up to 6,800 on DraftKings, Derek. So is, is that too big of a price, too cheap, uh, interest level there? And then uh, what do we do with Miami and Tua? Uh, the offense didn't look great. They got the win, but uh, your thoughts here, Dolphins and Cardinals? My analysis is going to be short and sweet. Uh, Miami with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones active, one of the best pass defenses in the NFL so far this season. Dead last in DVOA against the run. So give me all the Chase Edmonds. I like pairing them up with the Cardinals defense against a rookie that's playing his second game on the road. Didn't really get like the reps that he kind of needed in his first NFL start because they were playing with such a big lead. You mentioned the six uh, DraftKings points. He only had, he had 22 pass attempts and did very little with it. I think he had like 60 yards or 80 yards. So I'm looking to fade Miami's offense. I know Gaskins have been pretty good, but running backs are so loaded with options. So I know Kyler Murray can do well in any matchup with Hopkins and Kirk, but for me, it's Edmonds and the Cardinals defense. Yeah, I love the Edmonds call. I I am hoping that that price scares people away. I mean, it, it's I think it's a smash spot here against this defense. So, uh, sixty eight hundred. Uh, we'll see. Chop. You, you know, again, you're a college football guy. So do we get some Eno Benjamin here? Uh, he looks to be the backup. Some dude named Jonathan Ward. Uh, so maybe you can uh, give us some insight there. Uh, another running back here, but uh, all the Edmonds for me here as well. I'm having a tough time. Uh, as much as I like Tua down the line. I just don't know how much they're going to let him open it up. Maybe they're going to have to here if Arizona gets out to a lead. So what do you got here, Chop? Dolphins, Cardinals? Well, I would say for the Miami side, uh, I don't want Tua just yet, like you, for the reasons you guys said. But Miles Gaskins got six, picked up six targets in that game, so maybe Tua's going to be a, doing a lot of checking down here this first year. Who knows? So I think Miles Gaskins in play. Um, it's hard to say who his favorite target is in the receiving core because I think it may be a little skewed with the matchup last week. Somebody was always facing Jalen Ramsey and he's, he's obviously going to avoid that. So I'm not sure who his favorite target is, but I, I think you could do worse than putting Devonte Parker in there and, and hoping for that play from behind, you know, game for Tua and he's, he's got the arm to do it. So I think it's possible right there. And on the Arizona side, I'm with you guys. Chase Edmonds should be the bell cow here. Not worried about Eno, Eno Benjamin, a very, very bland runner. Not going to do much. Jonathan Ward, I think that's like a, like a Central Michigan or Western Michigan or some, some one of those Michigan teams down there, and I don't think he's very much of a threat. So Chase Edmond has looked the part, man. Splitting time with Kenyon Drake, he looked better than Kenyon Drake. So I'm all about Chase Edmonds, but if you're also going to give me another week where DeAndre Hopkins – is very low owned because he's got a high price tag and a perceived tough matchup. I will gladly jump on some DeAndre Hopkins and GPPs. All right, Chop, we got Cardinals uh, minus four and a half here on the spread at home. The total sitting at 47 and a half. Oh, man. Okay. At home with a week to prepare here. Give me Arizona. I'm actually going to take Miami here. Uh, they, they've been competitive. I worry a little bit about Tua, but uh, I think they can hang in this game. So I'll take the Dolphins with the points. Derek, what do you got? I'm going Arizona. All right, last game we have Pittsburgh and Chops Dallas Cowboys. So the news only gets worse for Andy Dalton. I mean, he was questionable, uh, had his bell rung, now lands on the COVID list. So uh, he was questionable. He's officially out. I guess we get another week of, of Ben DiNucci. It sounds like a damn noodle you'd get at an Italian restaurant, but uh, he's back in our lives here. Zeke, uh, priced down to 6.6K. Uh, he's been pretty bad. Uh, Pittsburgh side of things, I think the big question here, guys, is the pass catchers. And we saw Claypool, nine targets. 
Juju with eight. Ebron scored TD. Deontay Johnson continues to, to come in and out of the lineup. Uh, James Conner, a nice price there. So, uh, Chop, we'll go to you here, buddy. Last game on the slate. Uh, looks like a good spot for Pittsburgh against your Cowboys. Uh, but your thoughts here, Steelers and Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys offense is a total, total avoid for me. It's a tough defense, uh, banged up offensive line here for Dallas. Uh, obviously, the quarterback play, like <clears throat> Danucci is just, man, I, I guess maybe he's got some physical skills, but his pocket awareness back there on Monday, on Sunday night against Philly was terrible. He's got his pocket awareness is like freaking – Dean at the swimming pool at the Jaguars game wearing the button, <laughs> the long sleeve in the summertime, like just no awareness of your surroundings at all, man. So I don't want any part of the Dallas offense. I'm totally out on that. Pittsburgh, like you guys said, or like Beer said, it would have to, it would have to be who you think is going to be the pass catcher here. Any one of those guys could get it done. It's a great matchup for them. On paper, I think James Conner is going to be uh, a popular option this week and it looks good on paper, I would not be surprised in the least bit to see Benny Snell come in here and sniper a bunch of work from him because they just don't want to burn Connor into the ground in, in a cupcake matchup. So uh, that scares me a little, but somebody from Pittsburgh is going to get off. We just, just got to figure out who it is. All right, Derek, let's go over to you to wrap it up for week nine, Steelers and Cowboys. Yeah, Steelers, you can take your pick in the passing game. Uh, I usually like to just go with the cheapest option, especially when that cheapest option is Deontay Johnson. No, he struggled last week, but every other game, he's kind of been the wide receiver one in this offense. Uh, I'm not as worried about Benny Snell as Chop. He didn't even get a snap last week, and he was completely healthy. Um, so, you know, hopefully Connor can get a full workload. If he does, it's a smash pop for him. Um, and I think he was the original smash guy on this podcast that uh, Chop was making fun of me for a couple years ago. Um <laughs> So you can run that back. You can play the Steelers defense, although you're going to have to pay up for them. They are 4,900, so they're probably going to need a, you know, a touchdown in order to, to get there. I think they've had 65 straight games with a sack, something like that. They need four more to break the all-time record. Uh, they're certainly going to continue that this week against Danucci, who did not look good. So it's all Pittsburgh for me. Um, you know, I know Zeke's cheap, but there's so many good running backs right in that price range that I don't think I can get there at all. Yeah, I like Connor here. I, I agree on Deontay being the cheap guy. It, it's frustrating. Had him in some lineups last week and uh, going on in and out of lineup all the time. But uh, we know the upsides there. And Chop, great pull on Dean at the pool. I mean, that, that's that's <laughs> years ago, my man. You're you're digging deep into the memory bank there. Oh, things like that always float around up the top of my head. Man. <laughs> <laughs> How can it not? I love it. All right. Uh, initially, uh, when I was setting things up, we had no line on this game, but. Uh, did a little refresh here, and I do have a spread. I do not have a total. Would you guys like to try to guess what said spread would be? Chop. I would think Pittsburgh's minus double digits, so Pittsburgh minus 10. Derek? I was going to say, I'll say nine and a half. Pittsburgh minus 13 and a half Oof. here on the road. So uh, we do still do not have a total, so we'll just go with the spread here. So uh Derek we'll go to you for your last pick here Pittsburgh minus 13 and a half I was gonna say you know Danucci's bad when they're not setting a line just because uh Dalton's questionable um but uh I, I don't feel great about either one uh but I will still take Pittsburgh I guess yeah how many how many points could Andy freaking <laughs> Dalton possibly worth to the spread uh, that's my question but there it is uh I'm gonna take Pittsburgh this this Dallas team is just terrible I I, I think they've quit so I think Pittsburgh does whatever they want and get an easy win here. Chop, can we can we go into taking your boys here? Almost two touchdowns. That's a big spread. Pittsburgh coming off of a game of the season for them thus far against Baltimore on the road, a win. Huge letdown spot for them. So everything kind of points towards maybe Dallas hanging in this spread right here. And yet, I think Dallas has officially given up on this year, and I think that they put in everything to that Philly game, and it just didn't work, and I think they're going to be massively let down also. So give me Pittsburgh. All that analysis, I thought you were going to take Dallas, and then you flip the script. It's Danucci, man. What I, I can't. I, I, Danucci, <laughs> like, they'll probably get two touchdowns on defense here, so there's your spread right there already. 
All right. So that does, are we going to count that on our on our little parlay here? If, we, if you can get it under fourteen, guys, I'm I'm putting it on my parlay card. All right. So I have us for Washington minus the three, Tennessee minus the five and a half, and Pittsburgh minus the thirteen and a half. Did I miss any? No, that's I think that was it. That's it. That's the parlay card right there. So uh, feel free to to put that baby in. I know we had one of our listeners put that five teamer in. Uh, was close, so maybe we can hit this one uh, for you guys. But that will wrap us up for week nine. Guys, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Normally we just wrap it up, final thoughts. But uh, favorite play on the slate and your favorite stack here on the play. want to kind of add that uh, to the podcast moving forward. So hopefully you got something on the top of your head. Uh, if not, just make something up for now. But, uh, Derek, uh, what do you got here? Favorite play on the slate and favorite stack on the slate. All right, favorite play going to be Chase Edmonds. I uh, really like the spot for him against the league's worst run defense at home. And the favorite stack, I'll go Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. No team has allowed more fantasy points to quarterbacks or wide receivers this season than the Seahawks. All right, Chop, your turn. Favorite play, favorite stack. My favorite play, I'm sticking with Derrick Henry. I think he's, I think they're going to crush on the ground this week to get back on track. Favorite stack, I was actually going to say Diggs and Allen, but uh, got taken, so – I'm going to pivot, and if Will Fuller is still a Houston Texan by game time, I'm going Deshaun and Fuller, but that's a very, very easy pivot if he's gone. Go Brandon Cooks. Deshaun Watson to Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller. I like it. Derek took my favorite play. I love Chase Edmonds, so I'm going to pivot, and I'm going to combine uh, my favorite play, Justin Herbert, the stack. Herbert, Keenan Allen running it back with Darren Waller on the other side for the Raiders. All right, guys, any other final thoughts here? Uh, before we get out of here, Derek, let's get over to you. Uh, no, no final thoughts. I uh, hope you all had a good Halloween. And, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, appreciate it as always. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the, the reviews and the kind words. We love doing this. Uh, a great initial look uh, at the slate for the three of us. I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed it as always. Hope Halloween was good. And, Chop, a better holiday coming down the pike here. I do know you're a Thanksgiving guy. So uh, we're not far from that day. So, Chop, we'll go over to you. Final thoughts, buddy. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Thanksgiving's coming up. Now we just got to figure out what the plans are for Thanksgiving. Are you willing to let the entire family come into your home this year? Given Hell everything that's, to the no. <laughs> <laughs> Stay given everything out. That's <laughs> given everything that's happened in the past several months, which are you willing? So I think our doors are closed this year, but that's a, that's a family thing right there. We'll figure that one out in the long run. But I'm looking forward to it, man. Now I just – we got to get out of here. I got to go watch my boy Mac Man play some COD, some Call of Duty. We got some big money on the line. Tell you what, I'm going to set the turkey out on the front porch and do like Halloween. Take one, you carve your own turkey, but do not come in my house. No oh, Thanksgiving. Little, little Thanksgiving goodie bag. Just bag yeah. everything, bag a meal up inside of a bag, staple it together, and put it out there. Take that shit home and heat it up at your own place. I'll provide the food, but you provide the shelter. So uh, that will do it here for week nine. Guys, again, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. More chop, more notorious. I am Bear saying salut. Best of the week. Best of luck this week, guys. And-